0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
1: It is The Dan Patrick Show on a New Year's Eve. Rob Parker and former wide receiver T.J. Houshmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers... Helpful US based representatives available 24 7. Discover exceptionally common sense. Uh, Yes, it is the Dan Patrick Show, and we're filling in. And uh, TJ, today is December 31st. It is the deadline for the Baseball Hall of Fame ballots. I am a voter. There are about 400 voters uh, in the United States and you got to get 75% of the vote. TJ as a former NFL player when you when you hear about the baseball Hall of Fame, would you agree with me as the hardest one to get into compared to the other sports?
2: It's uh it's tricky because you say, "Oh man, this guy has these numbers" and then you want, to, "What era did he play in? And how was the ball? Was it doctored? Were pitchers right. able to It's just so many variables that goes into it, so I would say for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it is hard. It's something that I take very, very seriously, and, and we do want to get you guys involved So, um, on this. So here's a couple of things I, I want to say, TJ, and then we'll get into this is Bond, uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. It is their last year on the ballot.
2: They, they both still, should be in.
1: I, I agree with you, and I have voted for them, and we'll get into that. Uh, but you get 10 years on the ballot to be voted in by the writers. After that... You could get in with a veterans committee, which is made up of former players, executives, broadcasters, but it's not by the writers. Okay, there's like a higher honor getting in through the front door. The veterans committee is kind of the back door, right, where you get in because the writers didn't put you in. And then you have guys in the game who vote. So there is a difference between the two, but you're still a Hall of Famer no matter what. Okay, I don't believe TJ in first ballot or, you know, voting for guys one year and not the next. To me, either you're a Hall of Famer or you're not. Do you agree with me on that? Like 1,000%. If, if you're on the ballot and and I think you're a Hall of Famer, I should vote for you, period. Not say, well, he shouldn't be voted the first year, but I'll vote for him the second or third year. The numbers don't change. I don't understand My fellow brethren, the writers, and I have a lot of respect for the writers. I want to say this, though, TJ. People always say, oh, take the vote away from the writers. They don't know what they're doing. They hate the players, and they have an axe to grind. First of all, the the, the awards uh, in baseball were started by the writers, and baseball adopted them. So they're really our awards, right, not baseballs. Baseball could have broken away and said, we're not going to recognize your awards. But they embraced the writers' awards. So that's number one. Number two, nobody was a bigger pain in the behind to the writers than Barry Bonds when he played. Okay, TJ? Nobody. He didn't want to talk to us for the most part. He made our lives miserable. But guess what? Barry Bonds won seven MVPs. TJ, who voted for those MVPs?
2: The writers.
1: It wasn't the players. It was the writers. And you know what? They voted for him because he was the best player in the game. If we're going to have any credibility, how could we not vote Barry Bonds as MVP just because we might not like him or he might not like us? So whenever I hear people talk about the writers having an ax to grind and they do this and they do that, they would have never voted for Barry Bonds if it was personal. Okay? But, I think... um,
2: It seems personal now.
1: Okay. And here we go. As we talk about Bonds and we talk about Clemens and where are you as far as the players when it comes to the allegations of PEDs, steroids, juice? You're a player and, and there's a different feel for it. Like in the NFL, guys get busted all the time, TJ. It is about four, five, eight players every year that get busted, right, for using the stuff. And it doesn't have the same stigma as it has in baseball. Am I wrong on that?
2: I mean, to a certain degree. And I didn't, I didn't take a vitamin.
1: Never, never. You never took a vitamin? When, what kind of life are you living, a healthy when, life? No alcohol, when, no vitamins. When,
2: when I, have when you ever I had play, an
1: English muffin?
2: Man, you know what's crazy? We gonna, I'm going to uh, swerve off and hit a detour real quick. I did have English muffins. The first time I had English muffins, man, no lie, we went on a vacation, man, with <laughs> Carson Palmer and his wife, and his wife got up and cooked, and we had English muffins. First time I ever had them, and I was like, oh, this is good. So once we left that vacation, um, we continued to eat English muffins. So, you yeah, were, thanks, shout out shout out to Shaylin Palmer for cooking that, that morning breakfast for us and introducing me to English muffins. But, That's yeah. crazy. Like, I didn't take vitamins, Rob, when I played. I didn't take anything. Drink some water, and I'm good to go. And and so, like, you would walk by guys' locker room, and, you know, you see their locker, and these dudes got 20 bottles of, right. what what is this? Handful of pills. They take every – I didn't know what they were taking. I didn't care. I wasn't taking anything. But I will say this. Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, whether they did it or they didn't, and obviously it seems like they – They were hall of famers before. They were both hall of famers. Barry Bonds won three MVPs in
1: Pittsburgh right before uh, he got involved. Roger Clemens was the ace pitcher of the Red Sox. Can we remember? Do we remember that before his second stint when he joined the Blue Jays and the Yankees? They were hall
2: of famers before, and, and so do right by these men. Did they? Did they make a mistake? Quite possibly, but. They were both Hall of Famers before this, and so their their play warranted a spot in the Hall of Fame. Put them in the Hall of Fame. It to me, it's it's simple. Like you. Baseball had an idea of what was going on. They had come off the lockout. Yep. It brought popularity back to the game. All these home runs. Don't
1: forget Sosa and Maguire saved the game. You remember that? Do you remember yeah, ESPN yeah, doing yes. cut-ins every time they had in that bat?
2: Yes. And it seemed. I, you'd watch the game. It seemed like every time they come up the bat, that's going home. Barry Bonds was getting walked, or it was a home run. Right.
1: He walked two hundred and like 25 times one year.
2: And so the fact that. I can recall these things shows that they did their job in bringing people back to the game because I recall them. And it was interesting. Baseball turned the eye to that because it was good for baseball. And so what was good for baseball? Why now do the players have to suffer?
1: And and, and I'm glad you said that because that's one of my biggest arguments. And here's the other part. I I don't think it's fair. Okay, so you want to take it out on Bonds and Clemens, but the Yankees, the Red Sox, teams like that, they get to keep their championships. Nobody's looking at the Yankees' championship and saying it's tainted, right, even though they had players uh, who got busted with the juice, right? How come we're not looking at it like that? How come we're cool with Tony La Russa, who's the manager of the A's, and now the White Sox again, uh, right? He, and, and in St. Louis, he had players who, you know, were either suspected of, of using the juice or whatever. He gets in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Joe Torre managed players. The same thing. He gets in the Hall of Fame. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, nobody's affected. The teams get to keep their championships. They're not tainted. The managers get to keep their wins Their championships, they get in the Hall of Fame, their mark's not tainted, but the players, and here's my biggest thing, TJ, and this is how I look at it. I don't think my job is to play judge, jury, and executioner. If Barry Bonds never tested positive and never was suspended by baseball, is it really my right to hold it against him? Now, there are other players, remember Rafael Palmeiro, one of four players, TJ, he was a great player, one of four players in the history of baseball who had 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. In in my thinking a Hall of Fame, if you get 3,000 hits, you automatically get my vote because that's how hard it is to get 3,000 hits in a career. If you get 500 home runs, you automatically get my hit. If you get 300 wins as a pitcher, you automatically get my vote. And Palmero had both, but he got suspended cuz he tested positive, right, as a player. That's why he had no support from the writers and why I didn't vote for him. Manny Ramirez got busted, he didn't get support. So, if you're sus- if you're suspended, right, or or get test positive, don't you think there's a difference between? I'm not saying of being naive about Clemens or Bonds, but Clemens was never suspended
2: or never tested positive as well. Do you do you, do you see what I'm trying to say? No, I see exactly. We we assume right. You did, but you know what they say when you assume. You make and an so, ass of you and me, <laughs> and, and so you. The assumption is they did it. But they weren't technically proven to be guilty, right? And, and so, one—I just feel like this. One, Rafael Palmero, I remember him, Lefty Texas Rangers. I remember yep. him. Yep. Power he hitter should, was a great. He player. Should, he should be in the Hall of Fame. But he I, got busted. I, during, he, he did. But during, Rob, he, let's just be—let's just be honest though. Baseball knew this was going on. They knew this was going on. They turned their back on it because it was good for them. It lined their pockets financially. No, baseball and so was they, booming with the home runs and all that. Right? They, they, and they were complicit in this. And then when it comes out, it's like, oh, uh, they just, you guys handled this. I get it. Manny Ramirez, Rafael Palmeiro, those guys. That t- I, I get it. Do you know I believe? Know what I mean? When
1: you get caught, I, I, I get it. A Rod got caught, right, and was suspended for like a hundred games, like he was suspended. So I can see if somebody says, okay, he got busted. There's no guesswork on whether or not he was doing it or for how, or whatever the situation was. Big Poppy's a big one. Those are the two big names on this year's ballot. He also was implicated as well, reportedly, that he tested positive like Manny Ramirez, his teammate in Boston. I've heard writers say this. You, you remember when Big Poppy was released by the Minnesota, Minnesota Twins. Twins? Remember right. that. He, he got went to released. and
2: became a baller.
1: Yes. And when he was released, you know why? He didn't have any power, he couldn't hit home runs in Minnesota. He went to Boston and became this legendary home run hitter.
2: I, I get the fact if we you test positive, you're not getting in. See, I think I, that that you can, can do, whether I agree with it or not. I respect that that that, that stance. That if somebody on it. I, right, if somebody yes.
1: decided that you you got busted, I'm not going to vote for you. And now there are guys in the Hall of Fame right now where there were rumors about them, but again, they never tested positive. Okay, so uh, Pudge Rodriguez got in. He was in the Canseco book, you remember? He yes. named him. He Man, said Canseco. that he used to stick him
2: with a needle. Hey, Jose Canseco started all of this. He was so angry yep. that he just – Dropped dime on everybody. Everybody. Uh,
1: also, Mike Piazza, there was rumors about him. And Sarah Hughes, he got into the Hall of Fame. And uh, Jeff Bagwell got in recently – The same thing where these guys were rumored, never tested positive. Nobody had any proof per se. And I I, I never voted for Piazza. I did not. uh, I did vote for Pudge and I did not vote and I did not vote for Bagwell. So um, I didn't vote for Piazza because I I didn't think he was a Hall of Famer. I
2: I just have a hard time you telling a story of Major League Baseball. And Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds aren't in that story. I have a hard time with that because they are two of the best. Roger Clemens, one of the best pitchers to ever play. Won Barry Bonds, seven Cy Youngs and Bonds won seven MVPs? Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before the allegations of him using steroids. He was a Hall of Famer before that. Not only was he good at the plate, he was good defensively, and, and so could steal bases. You remember in he Pittsburgh, could Barry he could Bonds do it all. could do everything, and, and so. Do right by this man. Do right by Roger Clemens. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Like what satisfaction do the voters get and say, "Oh, we're not going to put him in because of this is my personal feeling." It's you got to take your feelings aside and do right by the game of baseball cuz you can't tell the story of Major League Baseball without those two in it.
1: I right, can't eight, whether it's good or bad. 877-99 eight, 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 on Fox. 877 996 I do believe, and I might be a little naive or optimistic, I do believe the writers are going to end this punishment and put Bonds and Clemens in this year. I really do, TJ. We want to hear from you. Uh, Do these guys deserve to be in? Would you vote for them if you had a Hall of Fame vote? We want to hear from you on the Dan Patrick Show, 877-99 on Fox. It's Rob Parker, T.J. Houshmanzada on your New Year's Eve, filling in for Dan and the Danettes right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app.
1: It is the Dan Patrick Show on a New Year's Eve. Rob Parker and (coughs) TJ, excuse me, TJ Hoochmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes. Our telephone number 877 996 6369, that's eight seven seven ninety-nine on Fox, and we're talking Baseball Hall of Fame. The ballots are due. They need to be postmarked by tonight on uh, New Year's Eve in order to be counted and uh, talking about the ballot. And TJ, you know, uh, being a baseball writer and a member of the BBWAA since 1990, uh I take it very seriously. It's one of my most prized possessions. I don't I'm not flip with it. I really want to do a good job And, you know, I've been I've been given an opportunity to honor some of the greatest players who ever played and I'm real serious about it. So uh I mean you I'll
2: have a interested. responsibility. Yeah, that's how to, I feel. To, to to the fans, to do to do right by them in the history of the game 100%. So when you are given such a huge responsibility, you should take it as serious as you do, and kudos to you for doing that.
1: Absolutely. It, it really is an honor. You got a country of 330 million people and 400 people vote? TJ, and, you're, you know, and you're one of. And I'm one of them. I mean, for real, it means a lot to me, so I'm not flipped with this. Eight seven seven ninety nine on let's hear from you. Bonds and Clemens, this is their 10th and final try to get into the Hall of Fame, both have a over 60%. And for people who think that they can't make up the gap of 75, you got to get to 75, TJ. We saw Larry Walker in 2019 jump up 22%, 22% in one year to make it to the Hall of Fame. So it's not impossible. It has been done before.
2: If that's If Larry Walker's in the Hall of Fame and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens – are not, we got a problem. So let's see what the callers have to say to us. We got Manuel and Gardena. You're on the air, Fox Sports Radio.
3: What's up? First off, um, happy new year. I hope uh, the family's all well and remains well throughout uh, 2022. So check it out, Rob. Yes. Uh, you hit on a very important point that I think, and I'm going to start. By uh, Barry Bonds, man, the only person in history to be walked with the bases loaded, <laughs> and it was the right move. Okay, uh, you remember when Showalter did that and preserved a three-run lead t- to win the game? Right. So, that's Hall of Fame worthy by itself. Now the other thing that really sticks to my craw is cats like I Royd. Yes, I called him I-roid. i Ivan Rodriguez. Yeah. We all know damn well he did get the spike, man. So for the writers that say, oh, those guys can't be in because they're steroids, stop, man. You already put one with the spike hanging out of his butt cheek in. All right? Talk to him, man. Not, I'm, I'm not cool. pretty well, sure that, that... that Piazza did too, man. Well, that's the thing is that to act like— No, no, no. come on, Rob. The Mitchell Report, you're telling me that that government cat that spent three years delving deep into everything was wrong? Nah, I ain't buying it, man. So that's why I say bonds and Clemens on Mary alone need to be in the Hall of Fame. We need to get rid of this. And there's been cheaters in the Hall of Fame from a long time ago. See Gaylord Perry. See, uh— there's multiple pitchers that, that got many wins you know, that put them over that 300 mark to get them in the Hall of Fame doing spitballs, which was it, outlawed. So I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to
1: argue with you. Out. I think you make a good case, and especially when it comes to Pudge Rodriguez, who who got in, TJ, on his first ballot. Like, he was a great catcher and everything, but – he was in the Conseco book, the Conseco book, and, and you know, he never got tested. He never tested positive, and he never uh, got suspended. So if that's the standard, then that's why I think Bonds and Clemens should be in as
2: well. I'm with you. Hey, Manuel is a for sure baseball fan. He was coming with straight facts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was coming guy. with it. Yeah. Hank in Chesapeake, you're on the air, Fox Sports Radio.
3: TJ, what's going on, man? I'm sure you remember me from up on game. Plex is my guy until Rob, when I tried to call him and, and and Chris Broussard's show and let him know how good you guys were. Let
1: me know that Plex owed him a pair of Jordans, bro. Just just peck me. No, away, I owe T.J. Plex Jordans. No, I, oh, I paid. I paid up. TJ knows oh, oh, that. Well, okay, but again, that's, that's how you introduced me to your show. But anyway, look. As,
3: as, as, for my credentials, let me say, and TJ knows this. I was the cowboy fan who said Micah Parsons from the jump, so I want to let everybody know that because Levar was pushing it, and I was like, "Yep, if we can get Micah." What you Parsons, got on the that's baseball? That's right. We're
1: doing the baseball, the baseball Hall of is, Fame. What about Pete Rose? If you want to hold everybody to the same standards, then uh, Pete Rose has been waiting for 50 years. You're trying to Pete, tell me? Pete Pete Rose got Pete Rose was busted. Let me say this to you. Okay? It matter. No, no, oh, that, that's on, not true. See, uh, no, 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 no. It's not the same in that. You got that right. It's not the same in that Pete Rose, TJ, when you walk into a baseball uh, clubhouse, the biggest sign in the room says if you gamble on baseball, you'll be banned. All right? The big, And he compromised the integrity of the game by doing so. They have all the proof on P. Rose. He lied for 14 years despite, and then he finally came clean. And I think P. Rose, had he been contrite, apologized from day one, admitted his mistake, TJ, and said that he didn't mean to hurt baseball, I think they would have put him in the Hall of Fame by now. And here's the other thing baseball banned him, but they allowed him to take part in the All-Star game in Cincinnati. You remember a few years back?
2: I do remember that. Yeah,
1: and they allowed him to be a part of it. And right after that, he came out with a book basically saying that he lied for 14 years and he gambled. Pete Rose is his own worst enemy. That's why he's not in. He was a great player, but he did damage to himself. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the the gambling on the game – as a player, you can't get, coach. It, right. exact, they they tell you right away. <laughs> you no, can't I even gamble right now, away.
1: TJ. And gambling's legal. If you're a player, and they catch you gambling, even though it's legal in states now, it's still against your the bylaws of you being a professional athlete. You can't gamble on the games.
2: No, they they don't play when it comes to gambling because the, the integrity, and they don't they don't want that to be jeopardized at all.
1: No doubt. We we'll gonna squeeze one more in.
2: Oh 8, yeah, 7, we, we 7, got, we on got on quite a few callers Brett in Cincinnati you on the air Fox Sports Radio. Hey,
3: how you guys doing?
2: Doing great. Doing, Brett? Hey,
3: TJ, as a Cincinnati guy, this is this is big for me. I still think you could go tomorrow if you had to. I, you don't don't say you ain't shape. Don't know no, you you can get it shape He's in shape. He's in
2: shape. In my mind right. Brett, I really think I could too. I'll be honest with you. Well, in
3: my mind, I think you could, too. <laughs> so, I do have a couple questions about the Hall of Fame. The writers don't always get it right. I mean, they voted Jeff Kent as MVP, and the only thing he did better than Bonds was play second base and fall out of pickups. <laughs> what about the guy like um, – what about Schilling? I mean, politically, the guy's a little bit right of right, but okay, he's, a, let me tell he's you something amazing big-game pitcher.
1: Okay, never uh, never won a Cy Young would have one of the highest ERAs of any pitcher in the Hall of Fame. People who use the political argument is is, is BS. Not all writers are Democrats, so that's number one. Number two, Mariano Rivera might have been the biggest uh, Donald Trump supporter. So if there was – right? But he got in unanimously. So I don't believe that it's your political beliefs that that stop people from voting for you. I think he's a borderline case – and that's why Kurt Schilling hasn't gotten in. It hasn't helped that he goes off the handle and goes after writers and, you know, and makes a big stink. But I honestly don't believe – I don't vote for Kurt Schilling because I think he's a borderline case. I think he's in the Hall of Very Good. But he never won a Cy Young. He was never the best pitcher in the game. I have a hard time putting that guy in the Hall of Fame.
2: Hey, you got a right, point. He he, he he was a big game pitcher in the playoffs towards the end No middle doubt. Of the end of his career. He he was at
1: He did it in Arizona, he did it in Boston. I get that, but it's so it's if you're if you're going to beat up to me here here's the way I look at it when you vote for the Hall of Fame. There shouldn't be any uh to me, if if I have to debate you, If I have to debate you, then then you're not a Hall of Famer. It should be that big. Like Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron, there's no debate. All right, let's get to our guest. Charles Robinson, one of the best covering uh, football, of course, for Yahoo Sports. He's a senior NFL writer, guy I've known when he was uh, young and uh, wet behind the ears and wasn't a big uh, media star. But Charles Robinson, welcome to the Dan Patrick Show on New Year's Eve. Me and uh, T.J. Huchmanzada. How you doing,
2: Charles?
0: I'm doing well, fellas. How are you
2: guys doing this morning? Doing well. How are you, my man?
0: Good, good. Bringing in the new year. Happy New Year, by the way.
2: No doubt, you too.
1: Uh, we got some news from uh, Adam Schefter about uh, Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins tested positive. He's unvaccinated and is out for Sunday night's game against the Packers. Um, what What do you make of that? Not, not. Uh, I mean, are we going to see more of this, Charles? come the playoffs, I mean, where a chance that you could lose a big quarterback, big-time player uh, to COVID?
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, you know, you call around the league, you talk to coaches, executives, they all are to the point now where they almost expect that there's going to be disruption. You know, no one wants it to happen, but at this stage, you're seeing, whether it's vaccinated or unvaccinated, um, You know, Omicron has clearly created enough of a problem for franchises that, you know, I mean, just look at December. It's crazy when you sit there and you think about the month of December, we're going to close it out with probably, I I think it's 600-plus infections. That's more than a quarter. I mean, that's like a quarter of the league. And and, and when you talk about, like, active players, more than a quarter. And, um, you know, all of last year, I think the numbers were – it was north of 250. It was like between 250 and 300 last year. I don't have the figure right in front of me, but I, mm-hmm. this this um, this swathe of, of player infections is I, clearly the league wasn't prepared for it. I don't know that that anybody could have been um, because you know you have people who were following the protocols, and I, I it was interesting. I was talking to somebody um, in the Browns organization and. You know, we were talking about Kevin Stefanski um, getting it and then having to sit out that game. And he, he said to me, he said, you know, the guy had COVID once, you know, so he had COVID antibodies. He got two shots, a booster, and still got it again. Right. You know? And he, he's like, and he's following all the protocols. He's like, so what is he supposed to do? He's supposed to live on Mars? And, which, which is um, crazy.
1: Uh, but I do have a follow-up. I want to follow Charles with this. Is there any talk, any idea that – teams kind of put their players in a bubble for the playoffs i know nobody you know we saw that with the nba i don't know if the nfl Players association would be down with that but just yeah just for the playoffs you know like keep them away so that you can keep your guys can you imagine if tom brady or aaron Rodgers get it in a big the, the, the day before the big playoff game or the saturday before a big playoff game
0: right or the super bowl i mean it's and that's the thing too um well, first and foremost, just to answer your question about the bubbling, you know, so I uh, talking to teams, everyone's going to put in their own extra layer of protocols and I would say I'd point to Philadelphia, which is pretty interesting. Philadelphia said, "Hey, you know what? We're just we're separating all of our quarterbacks. We're not letting our quarterbacks be around each other in the facility anymore." Obviously, in, in practice you can't resolve that, but they they just said, "Look, we're we're taking our three guys, they're they're going to be in separate rooms. We're all virtual, um, you know, anyway, in meetings, but we're we're going to take this extra step just to make sure that, hey, if one of these guys uh, gets infected, um, we can't have, you know, we can't lop off uh, the the other two guys on the depth chart. And and Nick Sirianni was like, look, we're doing it because this game's important. He's like, we can't afford to be without, you know, our top quarterback, Jalen Hurts, or at least one of our top quarterbacks. And I think you're going to see more teams do that. I called around to sort of ask, hey, is this something you guys are paying attention to? And essentially, the feedback I got was, yeah, key personnel. If we're thin at offensive tackle, you know, all the all the offensive line meetings are going to be virtual. They're like can't separate them in practice, but we're going to keep them away from each other as much as we possibly can. And I, I think that's just particularly for playoff teams, you're going to see that. I don't, I don't think there's any question. I mean, you know, the whole virtual thing is, it, it's that's you don't even need to ask the question. Everybody's going virtual, basically the rest of the season when it comes to meetings and then but but i again i do think inside the facility you're going to see certain individuals that are going to start to get separated from each other who teams are just like we cannot lose our left tackle we cannot lose our edge guy we can't lose our quarterback um, we have to take an extra step to make sure they stay safe
2: could could you see a situation during the playoffs where a game is pushed to a weekday game mm. instead of playing it on schedule
0: i could in the playoffs um it you know the, the league obviously wouldn't want that to happen but yeah i could see that happen if if it's a, a severe enough situation like it was earlier you know where we, where we saw three games moves. um but what's really interesting here is it's not an option for the super bowl that's they're the, all the all the tv money the commercial money all that stuff that's sold those slots are sold you can't move the super bowl from a network perspective,
2: right? No, there's win. too much in I mean, place, right? Hey, guys, better they get in COVID right. protocol right now, then. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: I mean, I I'm telling you, there's no question in my mind. There's going to be a a call or a talk or a meeting between the, the Super Bowl teams and uh and and Roger Goodell and the league office. And trust me, there's going to be a a conversation where it's like, look, you, okay, it's money time here. Yep. Um, we're pushing up. You got two weeks. Do not let anything happen. Um, that's absolutely going to happen because Sunday, that can't get moved. Super Bowl nope. is it. If there's a massive spate of infection, there's no getting around the infrastructure and, and also, obviously, all the TV slot, all the TV money that's been sold.
1: No doubt. Let, let's ask. Our guest is uh, Charles Robinson from uh, Yahoo Sports, senior NFL writer. I want to ask you uh, one last thing about uh, Seattle and where do they go from here? I think they should trade uh, Russell Wilson and try to restock, get some picks, some draft picks, and and just start over, you know, reboot, whether it's with Pete Carroll or somebody else, if they want to clean house with him as well. Where are you on Seattle? Can they bandage this thing up and keep going, or do they need to reboot?
0: I think they could. I mean, they can repair the relationship. I mean, it's it's not – let me put it to this way. When the season started, Russ came back and he did what Aaron Rodgers did. He said all the right things. And, you know, he patched up the best that he could. But, you know, some of the issues that were there in terms of the mistrust between Russ and the franchise and, you know, Pete and some of the nepotism, you know, with with the coaching staff, I, I think some of that still exists. Um, you know, if if Russ really wants to patch it up and – You know the team does it will happen, but the complication here for both of them is that he's going to have a very robust market. If they decide to at least listen, there are going to be a number of teams that come knocking and say we absolutely want to trade for this guy, and we're willing to give up a lot to to get him. You know, Cleveland, I think, is a team that would give up, you know, multiple first round picks, a huge, almost a Deshaun Watson type of package that people were talking about earlier. Um, in the year between uh, the, the Texans and the Dolphins for a Russell Wilson. But they're not going to be alone. You know, look, Pittsburgh's going to be looking for a quarterback. Um, you, uh, you, there's, you know, the Saints are going to be looking for a quarterback. Now, right. some of these teams, salary cap-wise, it's going to be tougher. They can't make it. You know, I don't think the Saints are going to. not going to be able to make it work salary cap-wise. They have to cut half the team at this point to get where they need to be cap-wise, even with the cap increase. Um, but others will have the, the cap room, and they'll have the ammo to make it happen. And as you said, I mean, if you're John Schneider, you're sitting there and you're going, okay, his market's probably never going to be as high as it is right now. So whatever we're going to get out of him, you know, the time to do it is is right now. And, you know, I, I think that's something they're going to have to at least consider, and that's why you have not had the team come out and just flat-out squash any thought that, that Russell Wilson could be. Um, at least they could be picking up the phone on Russell Wilson.
1: No doubt. Hey, Charles, always great insight. Appreciate you, Charles Robinson from Yahoo. Of course, the senior NFL reporter. Happy New Year to you and the family, Charles. We appreciate your insight. Absolutely,
0: fellas. Have a Happy New Year. Stay Thank safe. All right. Charles, the same yes, as well. Yes, no
1: doubt. All right, we're going to wrap up this bad boy. It is the Dan Patrick Show, and Kyrie Irving's going to play for the Nets coming up soon. His first game of the year. We'll talk about that and Nets chemistry. On the program, it is Rob Parker, T.J. Huchmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. Podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet. The truth, absolute fire, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it one hundred. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It is the Dan Patrick Show on a New Year's Eve here on Fox Sports Radio. Rob Parker, T.J. Hushmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes. Uh, let's T.J. wrap this bad boy up with a little NBA and the uh, Brooklyn Nets, 23-10. and 10. They lost last night at home to Philadelphia. They didn't have Kyrie Irving because he can't play in New York because he's not vaccinated. And that's the reason he hasn't played a game all year. The Nets originally said that they were not interested in him being a part-time player, but since have changed their mind. And, uh, of course, as soon as they did, TJ, the first thing that happens was what? He went into protocol, right? Like, Like right away. And now his debut could be either January 5th. Uh, at Indiana, again, he can't play in New York, and he won't be able to play in Toronto either uh, in the start of the new year, or January 12th at Chicago. Do you think there will be a pro- Obviously, he's a great player. I don't think anybody would question whether or not he's a great player. It's whether or not his part-time status is going to affect the team chemistry. What do you make of that, TJ, guy coming in and out?
2: Uh, it's tough because we've never really seen this before. No. And and so. Not
1: of a player of his caliber, right?
2: How will that play out? I I would just say it would pretty much be a guy that's often injured that when he's available, he's going to do it. This is one thing you can count on. Kyrie Irving can play 40-plus minutes every game. Right. Because Because he's 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 not playing, right? (laughs) He can't play the home games, and he, he can't play in certain cities, so. When when you talk of him playing, you this could benefit them to where they can give Durant and Harden more rest in the games that Kyrie plays in because in essence, if you have a back to back and one's at home and one's on the road, he can literally go forty plus minutes because you know he can't play at home, right. and, and so I, I see it actually helping them more than hurting them now from a chemistry perspective. They're going to be relying on Kevin Durant, James Harden, and everybody else just to knock down shots. And and so they're going to get a ball to Kyrie Irving. They're going to put him in a pick and roll. He's going to make a play for himself, or he's going to make a play for others. That's what Harden does, and that's what uh, Kevin Durant does. And so I don't see it being a problem. I see it actually being a positive because he literally is going to be, depending on how much he's been working out, which I'm assuming it's been a ton, He can play 40-plus minutes because you know he's going to get the rest. He won't be fatigued from playing so many games.
1: Now, here's the only thing. There's a couple things. I think ultimately, you know, uh, a player of that caliber is going to help you. But how will this play out? Just I'm giving you a hypothetical. You can't play home game. You can't play in New York. So say the Nets have the best record in the league, and they are hosting and they make it to the NBA Finals. He won't be able to play in the four games in New York. What if they play the Golden State Warriors, TJ, which also have a citywide ban? Remember, he Wiggins won't play had to get at all. He, he won't play one game in the NBA Finals. Just think about that. And if you and say he did play in a city, you know that allowed him to play, and it wasn't Golden State, it wasn't uh, San Francisco. And the Nets lose because they don't have him, you know, at home or whatever. It's a slippery slope. I think you set yourself up to where you could wind up being disappointed because you don't have a player of that caliber. Here's the other thing I think, and I want to get your opinion. I think he's playing for his name, his legacy, and the future of his career. And I mean it from this standpoint. The last couple years... Kyrie's had, you know, wanted to take time off, you know, mental health, right? Not feeling right. Uh, Didn't want to play in the bubble. He's a part of that when the players were kind of pushing back on going into the bubble. And then now the vaccination, right? For COVID. If teams feel like they can't count on him going forward, doesn't this... Make an owner who would want to sign him long-term think about it?
2: Oh, 100%. It gives you pause to signing him to another long-term contract. There's no question about that, but he's under contract now. Right. And and so, anything further than this, if I'm an owner, I'm not signing him to an extension unless I know he's going to be available all the time. See, that's
1: what I'm saying, right. That's why
2: this is important. For now, under contract, and you can help us, I'd rather have you sometimes than uh, not have you at all. And and that should be the philosophy because he's one of the best players. He can help you win.
1: No, and I'm sure that's what Brooklyn's hoping, and hoping that, you know, that some Kyrie is better than no Kyrie. So there you have it. Well, uh, I'm going to say, TJ, I don't want to be rushed out of here. Happy New Year to you and your family. You guys got a big trip to where? Big Bear?
2: First time, man. I'm born and raised in California, man. Never been. Never been to Big Bear. It's crazy. My youngest daughter, she was just telling me yesterday, I'm so excited. I've never touched snow before. Oh, my. Yeah, my younger one. My older two. Being in Cincinnati with me, they they had snow, but right. she's actually excited about that it. Is, she was telling me last night, I've never touched snow, so I'm so excited. So that should be good. That should be. That's so awesome. Thanks to
1: everybody, man, for he- helping us fill in on the Dan Patrick Show. Bo and, of course, Joel. Uh, Bo, our producer, Joel, our uh, engineer. Hey, happy new year to everybody, man. Make it a safe one. And if you get a chance uh, tonight before you have your uh, party festivities, hang out with The Odd Couple, Fox Sports Radio. I'll be on 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Fox Sports Radio.